not just in a way that you witnessed something amazing, but in a way that you yourself found yourself uh, connected with the Lord, with the presence of God right now in this moment. I just want to encourage you right now, if you're watching this, to go ahead and like it and share it. Invite your friends. The message that we're sharing is not the message of a particular church. It's the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ going around the world, and we want you to partner with us in taking this message. So make sure that you invite your friends to this. I have a question for you this morning. It's a question that maybe you've asked yourselves, and maybe it's not something you've thought about, but have you been feeling more powerful in this time or less powerful? Let me explain. Uh, Oftentimes when our world is shifted, when our regular schedule changes, we have a tendency to feel disempowered. But I think some of us are actually feeling more powerful. When faith rises up in this moment, we feel more powerful because he is our provision. When hope rises in this moment, we feel, uh, we understand that this is a temporary thing. This situation that we're in right now where everybody's in their homes and when we're isolated and we're not in our regular routines, we have hope that the good things that God has for us are able to come and will be coming, but also that he has good things for us right now in the place that we're at. Or maybe love rises up in this moment and you feel powerful because you feel the love of Jesus like you've never felt him before. We know his love more and he gives us more opportunities in this time to love others, maybe in ways that we've never loved them before. Or maybe you're walking through this and you have a less powerful feeling. Fear rises up. How will I make ends meet? What about my job? What about the bank account? What about the mortgage payments? What about my friend who's sick? What about my family? Will they maybe somehow suffer through this? Or maybe the less powerful feeling comes in terms of hope. You're losing hope. You you become so overwhelmed that right now there's so much to do and I'm stuck in my house and I have no hope that this is going to change for quite a while. Maybe it's because you're watching lots of media and the things that you're hearing don't always engender hope. Or maybe... Love isn't rising up in your heart. Maybe you're feeling less powerful in terms of love. You're thinking, God, are you really for me? Have you really placed me in this family? Are these people that are around me really the ones that you want me to work with? And I'm I'm just ready to get out of my house. The truth is this, and honestly, if we're honest with each other and we're honest with the people around us, we're probably feeling both right now. Feeling empowered at this time and also feeling less powerful. What we feel and what we perceive in terms of this power being more powerful or less is largely based on our perspective. Our perspective, literally, by definition, is based on what we see. And what we see is based on our position before the Lord. This Easter morning, we have an opportunity for the kingdom of God to invade our lives like never before, for the perspective of heaven to come into our lives because God has positioned us at such a time to hear his voice. Let's assess our position as we look this morning at the resurrection. Turn with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Mark. We're going to be reading out of chapters 15 and 16 this morning. We're going to look at the resurrection, but as we do, understand the context. The Gospel of Mark is a very unique book. Many scholars believe that it was the first gospel written, and the other gospels used it as source material for how they were going to tell the account of what Jesus did. The Gospel of Mark is unique because it focuses on the power of Jesus. It has an abrupt start and it has an abrupt end. There's no lineage listed for Jesus. There's no birth story. We have very little about the actual resurrection and what happened after the resurrection. And it's the, the book is mainly focused on the power of Jesus. In fact, it opens with the prophetic power of the Word of God. Isaiah is quoted in, in, in a prophetic way about who Jesus was and what he was doing. And then we have John the Baptist coming and proclaiming the kingdom of God. 
There's a brief account of Jesus' baptism and his temptation. And then, boom, we get right into ministry. Jesus starts to declare and to demonstrate that the kingdom of God is among us. The first thing that he does after, after being uh, baptized and, and tempted is he starts to preach the gospel of the kingdom. And right after that, he starts to call his disciples. He starts to call people to follow him, to say, I have spoken of the kingdom. I am demonstrating the kingdom. Come and watch what the kingdom looks like. Come and gain a perspective based on your position. See what the kingdom of God demonstrated among you looks like. And we've seen it as we've looked at the Gospel of Mark. We have seen Jesus' power over demonic oppression. Jesus' power over sickness. Jesus' power even over nature. What we've also seen is this, is that Jesus' power demonstrated is threatening because Jesus' power can be misunderstood even by some of Jesus' own followers. Judas, the one who would betray him, misunderstood the demonstration of power. He took it for his own. He wanted his own way in it and it caused him in a lack of perspective, even though he had the right position, Right next to Jesus, it caused him a lack of perspective that drove him to betrayal. And this skewed perspective resulted in, and this is what leads up to sunrise Easter morning, it leads to a convergence of religious leaders and political leaders and even actual followers of Jesus taking that skewed perspective and using it to come together even though they didn't even agree on their own perspectives, they came together around the idea of killing Jesus. They gather and they plot and succeed in killing him. These were the powers of the day coming against the kingdom of God and its advancement. Think about it. Religious power, political power, and even the power of the ones who were following close to Jesus coming together to go against the kingdom and against the reality of what Jesus was about to do. They were desperately trying to hold on to power. Power that they had. Power that they wanted. Power that they expected. They all had a particular perspective on Jesus and His power. And I would say in many ways, our regular sense of power and perspective has been shifted at this time. I guarantee you that if you're watching this right now, whether you're watching it live or you're watching it later, I guarantee if you are watching this, you have had a different perspective on Easter morning. Your ability to celebrate Easter the way you have traditionally done it has been shifted. The power in gathering together as, as large groups of family has been shifted. Your ability to come to church and celebrate with your brothers and sisters to maybe attend a sunrise service has been shifted. Now, there's still stuff that we can do, but we've been moved out of our regular perspective and we have had the regular power that we have to do whatever we want on this day to celebrate shifted. And I guarantee you that in the last month that's happened to each one of us. But here's the thing. Perspective is everything, almost everything, when it comes to understanding Jesus. And I would say that this time that God has given us is a gift that we can have to see the kingdom of God shift in our hearts to to see the the perspective of the kingdom shift in our hearts i want to look at the gospel of mark and there's three people mentioned uh three times in the account mentioned by name at being at all these events that shifted everything for them their names were mary magdalene mary the mother of james and of joseph and of salome 
These three women were mentioned three times. In chapter 15, verse 41, it says this. Sorry, verse 40. The women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger, and Joseph and Salome. In 15, verse 47, they're mentioned again by name as they witness to the burial of Jesus. In chapter 16, verse 1, they are mentioned again by name. These three women listed. Why did Mark include their names in his gospel account? Why did he make sure that we knew who was there at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus? It's because the perspective of these women mattered. Because what they saw was important to the gospel account. It was important not just for them, but, and not just for the disciples that would hear about it or experience the risen Jesus, but it was important for you and me to see and understand that these women were here. What they experienced had consequence for them and for you and for me. Know this, that this perspective, their perspective of power had changed significantly over the last couple days. Their world was completely upended. In our world being shifted, we can lose perspective or we can gain perspective. In a world that is shifting, we can lose power or we can be empowered. Let's look at how these women were positioned for perspective that ultimately empowered them. Let's look at four different ways that they had perspective. Turn with me to Mark chapter 15, verses 37 through 40. I want to read this. Here's what it says. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last. This is an account from the cross. And the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the Roman officer stood facing him, saw how he died, he exclaimed, this man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James the Younger and of Joseph and of Salome. See, this perspective that they had was a perspective of witnesses. Our perspective to, becomes revelation when we keep our eyes on Jesus. Other disciples had abandoned Jesus when he was arrested. Other disciples, including Peter, had followed from a distance or went into the courtyard. Some of them were there at the cross. Some of them were, were, were far away hiding because they knew or they thought that this was the end to their movement. But these women stayed with Jesus to witness and we must be willing to keep our eyes on Jesus no matter what is going on even when we don't understand even when it may be dangerous to us keeping our eyes focused on Jesus brings us into a place of revelation even a pagan a Roman officer who was guarding facing Jesus watching the proceedings in charge of what was happening a charge of the very crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ even his heart was shifted as he got the revelation of who Jesus was when we keep our eyes on Jesus continually we are continually brought into an understanding of who he actually is these women were positioned as witnesses they had a perspective as witnesses. The second way that they were positioned, the second way that they gained perspective was as worshipers. Mark chapter 15, verse 41 says this. They had been followers of Jesus, these women, and had cared for Him while He was in Galilee. And many other women who had come from with Him, with him to Jerusalem were also there. Our perspective is preserved 
as we worship Jesus consistently. What do I mean by this? These women had followed Jesus from Galilee. They were not newcomers. They were not those who had just were in Jerusalem and happened to witness the events, the historic moment of Jesus being crucified, dead, and buried. They were ones who had walked with Jesus continually. And the Scripture says this, they took care of Him. They ministered unto Him. They worshipped Him from the time that He ministered in Galilee all the way through His earthly ministry. See, when we are committed to worshiping Jesus, to finding value in Jesus, to walking with Jesus, we find ourselves having more and more preservation of our perspective. It allows us in those moments when we don't know what's going on, it allows us in those moments when everything is shifted because we've had history with Jesus. Our perspective is preserved. Willing to go where He goes. Willing to do what He does. Worshiping in a community allows us to keep up with Jesus. See, oftentimes when we worship the Lord and we isolate ourselves, we find ourselves just doing God our own way. I don't need the church I don't need a small group. I'll just be by myself. Me and Jesus are enough. What happens is we lose our perspective and our, 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 our perspective can become skewed. We need others around us ministering to the Lord with the same heart to remind us of who God is. Worshiping in a community is so important. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us by a digital community. But let me say this. When this time is over, when things shift, don't Take what God is doing in your heart right now and leave it or continue just isolating yourself. Come and join us at church. If you're not in Western New York or if you have another church, go back to your church. Find a church. Let us know and we'll help you find a church wherever you are that you can connect with a body of worshipers that will help you preserve your perspective on who Jesus is. Keep your eyes on Him. Don't stop coming to Him daily and regularly by yourself, but understand that this company of witnesses with you will help you see the truth of who He is. The third way that these women had perspective was as weepers. Mark chapter 15, verse 46 through 16.1 says this, that Jesus, who was crucified on Friday and was declared dead, His body was given to Joseph of Arimathea. And it says this in verse 46, Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth and he took Jesus' body down from the cross and he wrapped it in the cloth and he laid it in the tomb that had been carved out of the rock. And he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, saw where Jesus' body was laid. Saturday evening when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so that they could anoint Jesus' body. These women were willing to walk with Jesus. They gained perspective as they mourned over the death of Jesus. They didn't just see it happen and walk away. They stayed with Him. They were those who were willing to mourn with their crucified Savior. They were with the body as they laid it in the tomb and they made preparation that very night to go back. Or they made preparation the very next day at night At the end of the Sabbath, on Saturday night, they made preparation to go back when they were able to and to anoint the body of Jesus. Our perspective is cemented when we honor Jesus' sacrifice for us. Let us never forget or cheapen or pass over or refuse to attend to the cost that was paid for our salvation, for our ability to be in relationship with Jesus. You see, things are valuable based on what we would 
pay for them. Maybe your children growing up at some point had a junk sale. They went through their room and they found all the stuff they didn't want and they put it out and they asked people to come by and buy their stuff. Well, if nobody's willing to pay for it, it's not valuable. I heard an account of a friend who was shopping for toilet paper and there were two rolls left and he saw one woman take the, or two packages left. He saw one woman take the last two packages. And he went up to that woman and he said, listen, while they were still in the store before the packages were paid for, he offered $20 for the package that he was still going to have to pay for. The toilet paper was valuable to him. Jesus paid the ultimate price for you and for me. It's almost sacrilegious to compare him to toilet paper, but what's the value? The value was the Father was willing to give his very best. And we grow and our, our perspective is cemented when we understand the great value that the Father placed on your life and on my life, that he was willing to give his very best to reconcile us to him. Our honor solidifies our resolve. We honor his sacrifice when we honor what God honors. These women were willing to give everything that they had to continue as weepers in honoring God and honoring Jesus in the sacrifice that He made. The fourth way that they had perspective was as wanderers. Pick up the account in Mark chapter 16, verse 2. Here's what it says. It says, Very early Sunday morning, just as sunrise, they went to the tomb. And on the way they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? But as they arrived... They looked up and they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. See, our perspective is expanded when we act in faith, even when we don't have it figured out. Imagine if these women had waited to see if someone could join them. They they said, listen, we're going to the tomb this morning, but we need to make sure that we have the stone rolled away. What if they had waited till midday? See, this is the truth. God is actually making a way for His kingdom to come, for His kingdom to evade your life and my life right now. And others are not even looking at it. We're not paying attention to what God is doing. And God is working behind the scenes. He never stops working. He is always making a way for His presence to come to His people. He is always making a way for salvation to invade our lives. And that's whether we don't acknowledge Him and He's working to bring us by His Holy Spirit into revelation and understanding so that we can surrender our lives to Him. Or maybe we have surrendered our lives to Him. And He's still working to bring more and more of His kingdom into our lives. So know this, in this time when everything is upended, if we will be the ones who wonder, we will see the kingdom of God come. He is rolling the stones of your life away right now, even when you don't see it, even when you don't know how it's going to work. He loves to surprise the wanderers. How much do we do for the kingdom or how much do we do that we call Christianity or, or a kingdom lifestyle that requires no wonder whatsoever? God honors the wanderers and those who wonder are positioned to see His miracles. Now see, these four things that we looked at this morning, they're powerful when it comes to perspective, but what happens next makes all the difference in the world because there's a fifth way that these women were given position. A fifth fifth way that these women were given perspective. A fifth way that these women were empowered, and that's as ambassadors. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 5 and 7. This is what we come to on Easter morning. It says, When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And the women were shocked. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. 
He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee and you will see him there just as he told you before he died. See, Jesus comes to us and comes to these women and we understand that we are empowered when we encounter the empty tomb. The empty tomb is shocking to us. It doesn't follow the natural ways of things. Dead people don't rise from the dead. And here's the truth. The empty tomb is empty. He is not here. He is not there. His body does not lie in the grave. He has risen. He has ascended. And he sits at the right hand of the Father. And his position right now gives him perspective so that he can intercede on your behalf and on my behalf with the Father. He is praying for the success of his bride. For the the, the kingdom of God to advance through his bride, through you and through me. Because His presence brings life. And so He says to the women, the angel says to the women, now go and tell. There's something unique about this. These three women were there for the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. They were there to witness it, to gain a perspective, but they were also there to witness it so that they could be God-ordained, the very first apostles, the sent ones, the ones who were entrusted with the message of the resurrection for the disciples, for the other apostles, so that they could know the risen King for themselves, so they could be in expectation to greet Him themselves. They were empowered to bring the kingdom to others. This is what God does for us. When we encounter the empty tomb, the empty grave, we know that the King is empowering us to declare to others that He is alive. He has risen from the dead and He will meet with us just as He promised. Their perspective is witness. Their perspective in worship. Their perspective as weepers. Their perspective as wonder in wonderment caused them to culminate in the empty tomb. It turns our perspective, even in the midst of brokenness, even in the midst of our plans being upended, it causes us to gain power. Our perspective becomes powerful. The empty tomb turns our test into testimony. As we conclude today, I want to ask you this. What's your perspective? Have you been empowered at this time? Or do you feel like the world's crashing around you and you feel like you're losing your power? Have you been coming to the perspective of Jesus? Have you been witnessing Him and worshiping Him and mourning over the, what it costs And declaring that cost to those around you. Have you been wondering how God will make a way? Do you trust Him that the empty grave has empowered you to walk with Him? You have been empowered. You've been empowered by the Spirit of God. I believe by the Spirit of God, that this is a season of returning to God's original plan. His people, all of His people, empowered by His Spirit to carry His message and to demonstrate the kingdom of God. Next week, we'll explore more of that as we look at the ending of the Gospel of Mark. But this week, I want to pray 
that your perspective will be shifted to bring you into the power of the resurrection. If you're watching this this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Christ. You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never received His free gift of salvation today, this morning, wherever you're watching, can be the time that you start that relationship with God made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you right where you're at, whether you know Him or you don't know Him, to make where you are an altar, to quiet your heart before Him. And in this moment, surrender your heart to the Lord, maybe for the first time, or again, surrender your heart to the Lord so He can bring you the perspective of His kingdom and empower you to carry His message. See, that's the beauty of this. It doesn't matter if you're man or woman, young or old, whether you've been walking with God for 30 years or 30 seconds. The Holy Spirit of God comes to us and lives with us and resides with us and fills us to overflowing so we can represent Him. I want to pray for you this morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, we're so grateful that you have brought us to the empty tomb. That our walking with you is not just as witnesses, not just as worshipers, not just as weepers, and not just as those who would wonder, but you have brought us to the tomb this morning to confirm that you are the king of the universe, the one who was dead and is now risen, the lamb that was slain, who now sits at the right hand of the Father, very much alive, ruling and reigning. That you not only have initiated your kingdom, not only are building your kingdom right now, but you will bring your kingdom to final culmination in our hearts and our lives because you are just that good. You are just that in love with your people and you are just that redemptive. Lord, would we know this morning your great love for us that compelled you to the cross, your great power available to us that raised you from the dead and the great mission that you have put us on as your children. Father, we surrender our hearts and our lives to you today. We say, bring us into the perspective that shifts everything. Jesus, may we see you not as the one who only suffered for us, but the one who was raised from the dead and lives victorious and has brought victory, not just for himself, but for all of his bride. May your kingdom come. And your will be done on earth, in your people, as it is in heaven, as we see you for who you are. We thank you for today. May the joy of resurrection and the empty tomb explode from within us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just want to invite you, if you're with us this morning, to join us every week, 10 a.m., Facebook Live. If you haven't had a chance yet, check out the sunrise service. It's just a few minutes long. It's posted on Facebook as well. Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, invite your family to join us every week to worship the Lord together. We are here for you. We love you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. He is risen.